With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. This is the Happy Hour Network. Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. This is Joe Simmons Jr. of Time Warner Cable Sports and the Sports Fan Journal, and you're listening to the Earnestly Speaking Podcast. The Earnestly Speaking Podcast is a show that is founded on free-flowing conversation and may at times venture into mature subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, Earnestly Speaking Podcast. Let's get it. I'm a giant in New York, in Miami carry heat. So much more in store, my product can flood the street. Opinionation Godfather, CEO. Puff in the late 90s, gon' see me blow. Got my hustle on, no imitation of that. Army of untouchables, opinionation staff. Never an off season, homie. Check the numbers. Heart drive in my own right, supply of southern comfort. Earnestly speaking, my ego is well fed. Earnestly speaking, you're too feeble. No threat. See him like a hurricane. You're a mild breeze. Earnestly speaking, leaving Eli a dynasty. Shake. All right, welcome to the Earnest Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest EJ Christian. Once again, one uh, subscribe to this podcast at the iTunes Store. Find us on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Best Ofs, uh, Spreaker, Block Talk Radio. We all over the place, man. Um, before we get started, once again, shout out to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, we may have another podcast, I think, this week, too. I think we have one on Friday as well, scheduled. That's still kind of up in the year. We'll figure it out. But in the meantime, this might be the last podcast of the week. I'm not sure yet. But in the meantime, it's Wednesday. We're talking to Zach, my man, Zach the Degenerate. Zachary, what's going on? Not much, man. Happy Thanksgiving going on. My brother, how you doing, man? How, how, uh, what, what you got planned for tomorrow? Work, man. Walking football at work. It's a dream. <laughs> you know, I gotta be honest with you, and we'll talk about this later on in the show. Unless you want to get it out of the way now. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I know I, I actually like, despite the records, I actually like the schedule this year for the, for the uh, Thanksgiving games. I know there are a lot of under 500 teams here, but I kind of feel like these teams are still interesting in a sense. Or am I wrong for saying that? I don't know. I mean, it's like there's at least one atrocious team in each one of the matchups for Thanksgiving. So it's really bad. Yeah, and you would say, I guess, Dallas and Detroit may have the worst records of the of the, of the six teams playing tomorrow. Uh, we're taking this on a Wednesday. So, um, uh, but Detroit's won two in a row. Dallas got Tony Romo back. You know, so it's like okay, well, there's still a lot of stuff going on here. You know, Philadelphia is just, is terrible, but they're still in the in the playoff race. 
you know, in the NFC East. Can you explain to me how Dallas is only like a one-point underdog? Tony Romo didn't do much for that offense the entire day against Miami. And yet Carolina is still getting disrespected. But wasn't it, uh, well, let's take it now, because I, I thought I saw Dallas minus, was Dallas minus one still, right? Is that still the case? Oh, it's not Dallas minus one. I, I just saw that it opened with Carolina only being like a one-point favorite. No, I saw Dallas like, as a favorite, actually, uh, and they're still the favorite, one and a half points. Actually, it went up half point. Oh, that's, that's just yeah. terrible. Well, the thing is, you know what? Let's do that first. Let's go to the. This, we'll we'll get to other other topics in a second. Let's go to the the, the Thanksgiving games. Get out of the way. Um. Uh, like even this Philly Detroit game is interesting, you know, because Detroit they won two in a row. They still have playmakers, you know. They still got you know Calvin and you know and you know Stafford when he wants to play well, you know Golden Tate or whatever. Philly. It's interesting because they they suck, but they, but they're still in the race in MC East. But it, they also are an intriguing team because of this whole Chip Kelly thing, you know. And then Adam Schefter yesterday I heard was talking about how um um the, the, the report he put out yesterday it came off as though like both sides are just tired of each other, like Chip Kelly and the Eagles uh, Eagles administration, whatever you call it. Um, so I find like this game is is really intriguing. This this on, on the onset of those things that is presented to you. There's not really a bad game on this on this docket, even though there are a lot of mediocre to, to uh, sub 500 teams on this on this uh, roster of Thursday games. Go ahead. I don't know, man. I I, I see Detroit getting probably getting blown out, or you know, I just I just had this bad feeling for Detroit, and then Carolina. Honestly, I think their defense will just show up and shut them out. Okay. Okay. This, this, I think the this, could be blowouts. Yeah. And okay. then the Green Bay game is scheduled to be a blowout. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this, let's do this real quick then. Let's get to our picks quickly on Thanksgiving games. Uh, first game: Detroit, Philly at Detroit. Detroit two and a half point favorites. Um, <laughs> like you, Lasky want to take Detroit in this game or Philly because Philly is, is really the better team. But then, once again, I, I'm assuming Mark Sanchez is playing starting again this week, right? I would watch. I would take Philly just for the simple fact you know exactly what Detroit can and can't do. They can't run the ball, so all you have to do is guard against against the pass. And just for that, I would I would take Philly to win by a touchdown or more. I don't like the Lions. I think a lot of people do, but um, you know, Philly is always that team. Even as bad as they are this this year, they're they're that team that always. When you count them out, whenever you say, "Okay, I'm done with them. I'm done taking chances on the Eagles," then that's the week. The week that you stop stop taking chances on the Eagles, that's the week that would actually come out and win the game that you you would have bet the week before or two weeks before that. You know, and I feel like this game has that over it. You know, I I, I like Philly here, to be honest, because I just think that the desperation. I think Chip Kelly will find a way, even with Mark Sanchez playing, if he is <clears throat> the starter tomorrow, which we don't, I don't even know, to be honest with you. Yeah, see, I had also heard there was probably maybe Bradford coming back. So, well, Bradford, I mean, yeah. yeah. If Sanchez starts, I don't. I mean, he, he can he can do something. He just got to be smart and not turn the ball over. That's all they got to do. Yeah, I agree. Just don't do. But I mean, <laughs> that's e- easier said than done. <laughs> easier said than done. You know. Um let me ask you a question about Philly quick and Chip Kelly. If you're the Eagles, 
do you consider firing a guy at the end of the year? Because I, I, I said in the podcast yesterday, I said no, because I think he has too much power. He Absolutely actually did. not. Absolutely not. Okay, good. The mistake here in Philly was going with Bradford, but what you had at quarterback wasn't going to get you anywhere. Uh, and you can pretend that Santos would have all done better, but he hasn't done better than Bradford so far. So to think he would have done better to start the season, no. What he did was he tried to make a move to find a better quarterback. And the Eagles got lucky as all hell that Bradford wanted to bet on himself because they would have been held up in a, in a terrible contract had he signed, signed for multi-years multi and multi-million dollars this during the, during the preseason. Didn't we, didn't we say that over the summer, like during August, that that was really risky for him to do that, Bradford, to say, ah, I'll wait. Well, I mean, it came at the perfect time. He had had his best game in the preseason, and that's what made the Eagles think they had to act fast and offer him a multi-year deal. And honestly, the Eagles got super lucky that he passed on the contract and bet on himself. And I kind of hate the culture. You know, Go ahead. You know he's going to come available now is Colin Kaepernick. And I'm sure that, that Chip Kelly's dreaming about having him run, run his offense. I'll tell you what, him and RG3 will have suitors this, this, uh, this offseason. Um, Believe me, they, they will. RG3 is not going to get a chance at a starting job for the simple fact he buried himself. You, you think so? And RG3... RG3 doesn't want to run anymore. Colin Kaepernick doesn't care. He will, he will still run. And the value of Kaepernick, too. You know, he's a, he'll be a bargain for any team at this point. Because I, I believe now the Niners have played almost all his guaranteed money to him. <laughs> but they're both bargains. They're both going to be free agent signings. There's too many bad players in the league to not, take a, to not take a chance to these guys at this point who've done something at some point in their career. You know, I would, I would just see Chip Chip Kelly drooling all over the chance of calling Kaepernick. I agree with you. I agree. And he three just sitting on, sitting on the side. I agree. Um, game number two, uh, Carolina at Dallas. Uh, Dallas one and a half point favorites. Um, I picked Dallas to win this game. Actually, I I, I said uh, you know on Sunday that I think this is the game where Carolina finally you know gets the gets the loss because I just think Dallas with Romo. And I know Roman was thrusting as Miami, but you you still see the difference with, of this Cowboys team when he's in the lineup, you know. And Jim, I, I'm the other way. I, I I think Carolina wins this easily. Easily, I think they, I I think they have a vendetta for being being made a underdog. If you're gonna make a team like that an underdog, or even if you were to keep them as a one point favorite with the batting public. That's total disrespect for a 10-0 team. And why? Because a guy who barely generated any offense for Dallas is back in town? No. I, the, w- w- this is what I see here. When I saw that, what, what, look, everybody's so surprised about the line. Here's why I wasn't surprised. Because, number one, it's Romo back with Dallas, obviously. They're at home. That's number one. Number two, they're at home. Number three, short week. Carolina's traveling on a short week. Um... And I, I feel like I'm not saying Carolina can't win this game. Obviously, I mean this is virtually a pick'em at this point. But you know, I can see where Vegas is going with that. And I, I, it didn't. Everybody was acting like they were shocked. It didn't shock me at all. I, I, I'll say it again. Dallas is different when Tony Romo's in the lineup. 
And you saw it against Miami, even though he's rusty. I saw a pick six in Miami. That was their saving grace. Yeah, Tony Romo had to do some magic in the fourth quarter, but other than that, he, he went three quarters. He, he's not ready to come back and, and be a deciding factor in the game. I'll say this much. If it's, it, it'll be Carolina's defense that wins this game, not Cam. I'll say that much. So, I, I like Dallas's game, though. You like Carolina, right? Yeah, oh, I love Carolina in this okay. game. Um, final game of the night of the of Thanksgiving, uh, the night game. Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay, eight and a half point favorites. Um, I don't know what to make of the Packers yet. Like they, they look decent against Minnesota, but I, I feel I feel like Minnesota was was uh, a little bit nervous for the moment. I feel like they. It was too much too soon for this for this team. I feel like they could have actually still won this game had they not turned the damn ball over a few times late in the game. Um, Green Bay. I mean, I, I I think with Green Bay here, like they won a game they had to win. You know that and that's it. I'm not convinced they're still as good as Carolina or Arizona for that matter. Um, and Chicago, like I look, I, I think Green Bay win this game, but I I think Chicago has been really really competitive all year long. They're, they're a lot better than we all thought they were going to be this year. And this game might be a lot closer. Like I'm, I'm actually willing to take Chicago on the points here. To be honest with you, I, I would take Chicago plus the points. And until I see Green Bay play the way they're supposed to be capable of, yeah, I would have, I have no trouble taking Chicago even, even on the road getting nine. He yeah. Had nine points. Yeah. Um. And especially if Forte's back. I, I don't know if he's playing. I haven't seen any reports yet. But if Forte and Jeffries are back, um, this Thursday, which I, I you know, I, I would imagine if they're even able to, to walk, they would try to play this game especially because you know Thanksgiving and the rivalry and the whole nine. Um, you know, Chicago. Yeah, Manfred's been good. Huh? Manfred has been really good, good for Chicago and the place of Forte. So Chicago's frisky, man. I'm They've been um, frisky. They, they, there's about three, four games this year. They could have won, and they're easily at least six and four. I will say John Fox and Adam Case have done a, done a tremendous job with controlling Jay Cutler. Yes, I agree. And I'm stuck at the Tyrone. I thought they would, they would be terrible this year. I thought they'd bottom out, to be honest with you. I thought they would bottom out, let, you know, find a way to get out the Cutler contract and all that, but they've actually been very competitive. And I, and I think if... They can build this off season. You know, I think this is something they they can be a player back in in, in North again because they have the talent to do it. I mean, they have got really good players. Work on that offensive line and continue to build the defense. They got the offensive weapons. And Cutler's not that bad this year. He hasn't been that bad. Can't say that. Can't say he's been bad this year. Well, we'll get back to the the uh, NFL. Um, Actually, you know what? You want you do you want to do the rankings now? Do you feel like doing rankings now? In, yeah. or, or, you, you want to get the rankings out of the system because I, I I know you're itching to get that out of the way. Well, I mean, I didn't put too much effort into it. I, I know you got like Seattle up there. No, hey, wow! Wait, 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 wait. How, how do you assume that already? I mean, really, really? My last three weeks they were in my rankings. Why? Why do you assume they're in my rankings this week? Oh, we're talking again, so I figured that's why we'll be in there. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it now because I, I, the rankings will get us fired up. We'll, we'll get the NFL out of the way, then we'll do the NBA stuff. I, I really want to go, go heavy NBA too today. Um, just been a okay, while. Okay, let's do the let's do the rankings quickly. All right, Ted, what do you got? 
I'm not going to have Buffalo. I, I just like the players. And I like the coach. I do too. Um, they're not my 10. They were right there. I was going to almost put them in there. Here's where I'm, I, and I think this is where I think they'll, they'll make my rankings and probably even a little bit higher if they can get these next two weeks. Their playoff lives are going to be decided in the next two weeks. I truly believe that. Because their yeah, schedule, well, their well, schedule. Justin, right there, the, the sixth spot in the wild card, so. Yeah. I don't know if it will matter. Their next two, the next two games? Kansas City? Yeah, I think it could literally go all the way to the last game of the season. We'll just have bunched up it is for the sixth seed. Right. Kansas City and Houston are the next two games. At Kansas City and then Houston at home. And both teams are identical records with them. And so basically I think their lives will be pretty much shaped these next two weeks in oh. terms of the, their... And I think they, I think they could go even if they split this. I think it'd be fine. Well, then you have a ten. You know, um, so I got ten. I got Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, huh? Well, you know, it's funny that like the, the, the wild card race in the NFC is kind of clearing up a little bit now. You know, and I feel like if you, if you had to decide between Tampa, Atlanta, and Seattle, which all separate one game, who who do you really trust of the three teams going into, into this last stretch? I mean. Tampa, I guess you what you want to see more. Atlanta's frauds, and we we know this. Well, see, I I think Atlanta's been the one out of the three teams who hasn't been been helped by a blatantly bad play, call flagged by the ref. I would say Atlanta still has that one victory to add to their schedule, so I would start to take Atlanta with, with getting a wild card seed. They didn't get a win, man. They didn't get a win. And every time they, they, they you know. I, <laughs> well, you got to count on the rest. I mean, they gave one to Seattle. They've given one to Tampa. Uh, they're owed one as well. And if they get one from the rest, then I think that'll skew the odds. Well, well, they have a leg up. That helps them a lot. But I, I just, just trusting. And then now it's coming to fruition. They lost four or five. And they're losing games to teams like, I mean, Indy is not that good, you know. And without Andrew Luck, I know Hasbuck Street. You know, everybody's gonna is gonna, is gonna pound that whole thing. But come on now, who who do you want your quarterback? Come right on, we got more, more victories on the Colts team this year. I don't know, man. I, I, Atlanta's a scary. I, I think Seattle. If it, the schedule is kind of is not, I mean, it's semi doable. I think nine and seven uh, could be enough in that division, in that in that conference to get a wild card. And I think Seattle is probably the best bet to get to grab it. You know, Atlanta, know, and, and Atlanta plays Minnesota this week too, which I think is a huge game for both these teams. All right, number nine, you got. At number nine, I came to City. I to go it. on the road they've been on to get back into the playoff hunt, you just got to give them some props. Four and zero in the last four games. I almost put them in there too. I mean, and not only that, um, they beaten Denver, a couple of good teams in this last four game stretch. You know. Yeah, and they're in the first game to the very end with Denver. And that was when Denver was actually playing great football. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's going to say great football, but the defense that was playing out of this world. Um, I have no problem with that at all. I can't see the scary. And I think, you know, there's actually a seven team. There's, there's seven teams in the AFC wildcard race that are separated by one game. Yeah. 
I might, I might, by the way, I might include Pittsburgh in that. Pittsburgh is, is, is six and four. I, I think they'll, they'll take care of business and, and lock up the five seed. You know, that, that six seed, though, yeah, seven I mean, teams with grabs. Um, and I, I gotta tell you, I mean, to me, it's, it's either Buffalo or Kansas City who I have most confidence in, in closing out. You know what I'm saying? Because the defense is in and all that. Um, number nine for me, I went home. I, I won't say I went home over here, but I went New York Giants because I think. The Giants and oh come on! Man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, you get you know, honest, first off, you honest. get mad at me for when I, when I don't put my top ten because I'm I'm not homer enough, and then when I do it, you get mad at me for that. What 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 is that? What is that, Zachary? You're a homer for Seattle this year. That's where your homer bias has been. <laughs> How many? Have? Well, what do you want, the Giants? Oh, they didn't even play this week. Well, yeah, and that helps. <laughs> they didn't lose. <laughs> well, well, for the record, they're number ten last week on my list. I thought that they played the best game of the year against the Patriots. But you moved them up. You moved them up on last week's list without even playing a game. Look, this is, I, I, I am. I'm going based on what I think. I'm projecting on this one, also. Okay. Okay. And by the way, we got we got we got a, de- a date this week, uh, Zachary. Uh, Washington this week at then the Jets at Miami, Carolina min, at Minnesota and Philly. I can see three for ones there. <clears throat> I can see three for ones. I don't think they'll win the win the division. You think Redskins win the division? No, I'm not making a comment on the division. This is not a <laughs> Oh my god! They, they they got a pass rush again now. This is good. They got a pass rush again. All of a sudden, Pierre Paul comes back with three and a half fingers, and they can rush the quarterback. Again. I guess it's half of a mitten. Yeah. Hey, if it, whatever works, man. Right. All right. Number eight. Who you got? Yeah. At number eight, I have Denver. Wow. I, I, I. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna buy buy in the Brock Brock Osweiler. And the defense is get, starting to give up a few points here and there. So, um, if I had to put them up against the the next few teams on my list, I would think they would lose right now. So I had to put them at number eight. I know they only have two losses, but their defense is not not blowing me away lately, right. and that's why they kept them off so high. What you, what's your thoughts on Brock? Do you like what you saw, Osweiler? Like I said, I'm not going to buy into it. I'm, I I think everyone in the world thought they would go out there and have a strong a strong run game for his first start, and so his stat line looks pretty good. But now they know he can throw a little bit. Let's see if they, see if the corners pay attention this week. But I think it's not to ask for a defense to keep, to keep playing that way in today's NFL and being the the provider to win games. You know, like. Their offense has been so bad this year, you know, and they've the defense has literally won all, punched all their games that it's hard to always uh, to ask that defense to, to every single week go out and win me a game again. You know what I mean? That's kind of the offense's job, really, to be honest with you. You know, so um, I, I, I'll i give him a pass there. I, I, I see why you put him that low, though. I totally understand why. Um, although I think this week's game against New England will definitely be a telltale of where they head the rest of the year. Uh, number eight, I went Pittsburgh, though. Number eight, I, I thought the Steelers, um, you know, uh, 
I, I wish Le'Veon Bell was a, was healthy because I think if he, if he's healthy, this team is. I'll say it again, still the biggest threat in the AFC to New England. I, I totally agree with that. If Big Ben's playing, they are the threat. Yeah, but you know everything that's gone wrong for this team has gone wrong. Like Ben gets hurt, Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. You know, a couple of guys you know have been, have been banged all year long. Um, but that receiving core is still lethal. You know, and as long as they those guys stay upright, I think. And I think the AFC is not, not all that good anyway. I think even without Le'Veon Bell, and given the injuries the Patriots have faced the last couple of weeks now, maybe the tide has turned a little bit. Maybe the balance has shifted a little, uh, just a bit. Go ahead. I, I just think with that passing attack, you open up the run game. So you can lose Le'Veon Bell, but D'Angelo Williams, he's going to have big games because you have to be so guarded against either Marcavius Vernon blowing the top off or Antonio Brown on a crossing route. It's just so dangerous to their offense that it doesn't matter who you put in there. As long as Big Ben can stand, can stand up and take the snap, they're the best shot against New England when it comes to the playoffs. And the AFC is starting to balance out a little bit. It's starting, like, I know the, the records don't really show that because of the Patriots to be 10 no, but with all, with all the injuries and stuff, and you're starting to see a little bit of, a, of a cracks in the armor, the Patriots. Well, I mean, how, how many offensive linemen can you lose before there really is a struggle on offense? Yeah, I'm with you. All right, seven... At number seven, I have Minnesota. So do I. And they stay here. They well, actually, no, they were five last week for me. I'm, I'm, I apologize. We didn't do a podcast last week, so you didn't know that. Um, I didn't drop them low because I thought, like you know, this game was Green Bay was kind of one of those like, uh, you know, we weren't like ner- they were nervous. I guess that they just a little too big for the moment right now. But that doesn't mean they're not a good team. They got the system now. Was more of one of those where they finally exiled and after having won all those games in a row. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't put much of a knock on them. I was really rooting for them to be your boy Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But you know, Teddy Bridgewater isn't ready yet to carry to carry a team when it matters most. And a run, you can have an outstanding run game, but. If your quarterback can't carry you, you're you're going to struggle at times. And the concern here too with the Vikings as well is their schedule. It gets insane. They play, they play Seattle. They play uh, I think is it Pittsburgh on that, on that list too. Um, they got a, a, a schedule from hell. They got Atlanta. I, I think Atlanta. It, to be honest, you you can really consider this week against Atlanta like the toughest game, the, the, the easiest game to schedule. Considering the way everything's going. What's that? The defense that they have, I can see Matt Ryan turning the ball over, and they just struggling to get going. So I'm not too concerned with the Minnesota Minnesota-Atlanta game. At Atlanta, Seattle, at Arizona, Chicago Frisky, Giants Frisky, at Packers, which could be for the division, depending on how they look. That's tough. And I think they're going to need at least nine wins to, to make, to at least, they need, they're going to need at least ten wins to feel secure. 
So find so, uh, me, find me three wins out of there. Atlanta could be yeah, one. Atlanta gets They'll beat the Giants. <laughs> you assume that, of course. And honestly, right now, I think they can still beat Seattle. Is it in Seattle or in Minnesota? It's at home. It's, like it's, Minnesota. it's at home. Yeah, then I, I, I think that they have a shot of beating Seattle, too. Okay. Uh, I have some Minnesota, too. Number six, you got? At number six, I pick first. I like that. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you took some. Uh, you took some uh, balls and put the uh, you know the Steelers up high. And I think. I think also. I think you're projecting. Now they're only two back in the division. Well, really three when you count the, the tiebreaker. What kind of chance are you getting to win the division? Uh, I don't think they can win the division. I, I honestly, I think they're stuck having to be a road playoff game all the way through. But. But they, if someone's going to beat New England, it would, talk, it would have to be Pittsburgh. Cause, and I don't think any Dom will show up in the primetime playoff game to beat Tom Brady. So they're out. And everyone else in the AFC is looking weak right now at some fashion. Even Denver. If you don't have a competent quarterback, then I don't think you're going to stand a chance in the playoffs. I agree. Um... Like I said, I wish Le'Veon Bell, was, Le'Veon Bell was healthy because, you know, everything is balancing out properly in the AFC the way it should be. And as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have any more catastrophic injuries again, they should be fine the rest of the way. You know, I think the wild cards is a given at this point. You know, we talk about the the, the big, like, eight teams in, for two spots in the, in, the AFC, in the AFC wild card spot. But to be honest with you, I think Pittsburgh is really, it just feels like they're a lock for the five. You know what I mean? This feels like they're oh, yeah. good enough. They're just uh, a step yeah, ahead of them. So you're really playing for that one one playoff spot. Yeah. Six have Green Bay. I, I, Kansas City or Buffalo getting that, getting that other one in the AFC. Right. Six have Green Bay. Um, yeah. Okay, they won a game, had to win. That, and that's all this to me. They, they, they still, a lot of question marks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers played a better game this week, but once again, it's... it's, it's, it's look, I... I'll, I'll temper down the Aaron Rodgers stuff a little bit. You know, I, I'll temper that down. He's still great. He's still top two in the league. He's not, I mean, if, if you want to give, give it to Brady this year, fine, give it to Brady for this year. Um, and I and I, and I, I wish we had more time to discuss this because, like, we we were having talk, you know, last couple of weeks, on, you know, when we do podcasts, and the Aaron Rodgers thing came up a lot between you and I in text about, you know, what's the issue with the Packers? Why aren't they winning games? And then Aaron Rodgers, what's going on with him? Yeah. To me, he checks mark. He checks on every single thing you do as a quarterback, except the one one huge one in leadership. Leadership is one of the biggest problems that Aaron Rodgers has in terms of you know what separates Brady from everybody else, and what separates Peyton Manning from everybody else, and all some of the other grades. Aaron Rodgers, to me, sometimes when things aren't going well, I mean, it just falls apart. And to me, that's like that's concerning. That's gotta be a little concerning now. Well. If they cut the class for the go, I would say Palmer, Palmer's better than Rodgers, and Newton's better than Rodgers in the NFC. I won't go so far. I, 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 I think with the things right now in the NFC, he's the third best quarterback. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to, to to go that far just yet. I'm not ready to go that far because you put Rodgers on those other teams. Well, maybe Rodgers on on Arizona at least. They they may be un, unbeaten themselves. Well, I think those teams. I think, I think the players on Arizona have the confidence 
that Carson Palmer can bring him back no matter what the deficit is. They trust his arm. They know he'll stand in there, take, take the punishment. And they look at it over the last couple of years. The reason why they, why they struggled in the playoffs or just missed the playoffs was because Carson Palmer had gotten hurt. So, honestly, I think as long as they have that man in their backfield to take the height, they believe they can beat anybody. I'll, I'll give you this. And with Cam Newton, I, he's going to go out there and do whatever it takes. I'll give you this. Palmer is playing better than Rodgers. I'll give you that. But you, you're never going to convince me he's better, he's better than Rodgers overall. That's not going to happen. Not happen. No, no chance. No chance. Not happening there. Okay. All right, number five. Uh, number five out of Green Bay. Okay. That's pretty high, actually, considering how you've been knocking him. Why so high? Well, the other teams in front of him are better. And you get the teams behind Green Bay, I think Green Bay can beat. True. Okay, I, Minus, uh, I had to keep at six because of the number of losses. Right. Five got Denver. And they may, they may be, they, they should be a little lower too. But I want to give them credit here. They still won a game, Chicago. I guess a really tougher, tough team. I won't say they're good, but they're tough. You know, with the back of quarterback. And you know, look, it, it, I don't care who you are, and that's still tough to do, even with that talent, that team. Um, and I want to see. I put them in the middle of the packs. I want to see exactly what happens this week against New England because I think the packs, even though the packs are the better team and they probably have favorites to win this game. I do think there's an opportunity for the Broncos here because I, I don't think the Pats are invincible right now. <laughs> I think that if there's a time to, to, to steal a win from the, from the Patriots, now's the time to do it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's it set that perfect for, their, for the defensive front of Denver versus the offensive line for the Patriots. You're talking about a team who's rotating someone into a different position every week versus a defensive line that all they do is attack. And they go four and five deep on a pass rush. Right. All right, four? At number four, I have Cincinnati. I do, too. Um, I think I'll four be the same for the most part. Um, I thought they played great on, on Sunday. I thought uh, outside those, those mistakes in the end of the game, I thought they were really in position to win that game. They beat themselves. I was shocked in that game. I'm not I, I would have thought that would have been a huge blowout, and it should have been a huge blowout. But I think they showed me something in that game. But what I'm concerned of is the things that happen in the game is why I can't trust them. You know, you come back, you tie the game, and you give Palmer what? What was it? Twenty something, uh, forty something seconds to go with with, with with no timeouts, maybe one timeout, and they go down the field with ease. Plus, a, plus a dumb penalty on top of that. And you get the kicker to win the game, you know you can't do that. I mean that's play that, that was a playoff atmosphere in that game. That was a playoff atmosphere, you know. Um, and maybe even like a sneaky Super Bowl Super Bowl preview. Who knows? I doubt it's gonna happen, but still. Um, and those are the things that Cincinnati has to work on. You know, this I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say the prime time thing is 100 percent a thing, but the sample's increasing now. The sample is increasing. Where they don't play well when the bright lights are on. Although I will say, oh, I, they, I, I they, think they, you they, have to pay attention to that. 
Yeah. Although I will say they did, they did show me a lot of good things on that game because Arizona is a team who I think is the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Despite record. Okay. So, all right, three. At three, I have Arizona. Arizona, too. And I'll say it again. Arizona, once again, I think, you know, and it's not knock on Carolina. It's just that I think when you look at rosters, you know, who do you trust? You're, you're going to lean Zona. This is how this, this is how I feel. You, with a healthy healthy Palmer, to me, okay, to me is an easy answer for me. Oh, I, I totally agree. I just got done saying and I, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFC right now. All right, two Carolina for me. Yeah, you got Carolina, Carolina also. Yes, and New England won. Yeah, I was surprised. I'm surprised. I don't you... even think they have to talk about them. I mean, they get talked about so much, everyone knows about them. Oh, I wanted to ask you. The whole uh, Cam Newton dancing thing last week, what, what was your thoughts on that? I thought that was the biggest joke. And, you know, you hear all these TV commentators and then they make points about race. We work in an industry where guys, all they do is want to talk sports. I didn't hear a single person complain about his dance. Now, one person who talked about football over the weekend brought up Cam Newton's dance. So, I don't know where this outrage is or who's outraged other than people seeking attention because the players on the field, they were upset. Well, guess what? Don't let them get in. And he wouldn't have done another, he wouldn't have done another five seconds of his dance if he wouldn't have shoved them. Not only that. So I, I totally overblown. Not only that, the same guy that came and complained about it, the Tennessee player that came and complained about it, the same guy that was dancing when you sacked him early in the game. Oh, yeah. See, and that, that's one of those things. You watch people do a dance now, a five-second dance for getting the first down or getting the tackle. To now, now be upset that someone did a dance in your end zone after a touchdown... It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Stop getting upset and put your big boy pants on and on up to it. I agree. I, I, it's just, to me, it's like, okay, like, find me a better, a better story. I mean, this team is 10 and 0, and we're talking about a guy dancing. I, look, I know it's not common for quarterbacks to, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers does a little discount double check in the end zone and whatnot, and, but outside of that, I mean, what's the, I, I know it's not a common thing, though, but, I, I, hate, I hate to say it again because I don't. You know I don't do this, Zach. But there's some. There is a lot of racial undertones in this thing. I'm sorry. Because well, I know the only people that seem to see it are people in the media. How many people? How many people have spoken to you at your job, Ernest, about? Oh my gosh! I wish that black quarterback wouldn't do a dance. No, no I, nobody. Nobody but, talked to you about uh, it outside of the media. Okay. As long as made up things that people want to argue about. Like, I never heard a single Christian get upset with the Starbucks skill. But good Lord, it had to be on Facebook for a week. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's stuff that gets perpetrated that no one actually speaks right. about. Right. I, I and it's funny that the whole Starbucks thing, I, I didn't even know that was a thing to begin with. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, oh, okay. Move on. Real problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's get, move on to real problems. Seriously, that the homeless or you know things like that. You, 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 
Pops? Really? Dancing the end zone? Really? Come on. Priorities, man. By the way, who, who, who loses first? Pats or Panthers? Who will lose first? Yeah. I will say Carolina loses at some point during the regular season. I don't think the Pats will lose during the regular season. And I haven't looked too hard at Carolina's schedule. I took a glance at it. And I always thought there might be one team that could beat them before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. It would not shock me to see both teams undefeated going into the playoffs. Right. All right. Who do you got? Uh, Carolina, well, I have Panthers losing tomorrow, so there you go. That's your answer. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All but right. Let's uh, do something we have not done this podcast, you and I, in a, quite a while, and I think we're happy to do this. Let's talk to NBA. Um, Golden State Warriors get the record, 60-0, best start in NBA history. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm worried out. I mean, that's all I've heard, all, all I've talked about, you know, all I'm here. When we talk NBA, that's all I hear about, but it's justifiably is 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 just is justifiable at this point because yeah this you, team is this, this team amazing. Worth talking about something good, something something where there's no actual controversy, just something wholesome and good to talk about. Who knew that Zach likes wholesome? Who knew? That's awesome. Um, I and- love I love an honest team. I hate seeing team turmoil because of a loss. One loss on, on one of the better teams in the league. Oh, there's, there's turmoil. I, I, I hate saying that. So to see a team that is 16 and 0 right now, there's no infighting. No one's trying to take more, more of the uh, accolades than anyone else. I love it. Yeah. Um, I made a. St- I don't know if I said it on the pod yet. Um, I haven't said on the pod yet. This is the first time I'm saying this on the podcast. Um. Steph Curry. Um, the sample's small. It's about a year and a quarter of this dominance. He's been this assassin, Steph Curry, this this elite, elite, you know, Steph Curry. I have I, I made a point to a friend of mine a couple of days ago that I've only seen four players that I've personally seen four players in the history of this game have a sample of a two, three, four year stretch where there were as dominant a force and effective on their team and themselves as a player um, that I've ever seen in this league. Um, I go back to Larry Bird in the mid-80s from 84 87, where people forget Bird was... There was a period where Larry Bird was absolutely better than everybody in the league. We're talking about young Jordan, talking about Magic, Dr. J. There was a, it was a period for three years where Larry Bird was far... Yeah, there was a period in the mid '80s that Larry Bird was better than everybody and wasn't even close. Um, then you had Jordan in like '89 to '93, but he was just peak, peak Jordan. And even and I'll even give you '96 Jordan because that's when the year they, this game really came full, you know, came around totally. Um, then you have Shaq for like '99, 2002 ish, 2003 ish. Um, I'll go LeBron from like '09 to like 2013, um, dominant. And I think Steph right now, while the sample's small, it's growing. Steph is on is on that 
on that on that pinnacle now where this guy is like out of this world great like he's not he's, he's no longer the is that is that enough to say he's the best player in the NBA or the best point guard to me he's playing at a, a level that very few players in the history of this game has ever reached i mean the, the numbers yeah. support it and then the the team and to me also also what's, what's important is that the team wins translate to it also because the warriors are winning 60 plus games like there's no tomorrow no i i can totally agree with that whole point right there and and it's not and you're right it's not not an argument about whether or not he is the best player in the league it's the total dominance of the league for an extended period of time and I think that's what's breathtaking and really is being missed because they want to just compare him to shooters or to play, whether or not he's the best player in arguing. There should, should be an examination of what he's actually doing and what, what it looks like compared to other points in time. Like the question people should be asking, you know, I hate this conversation because we're such a black and white community, you know, a community of people now in, 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 in terms of how we look at things, whether it be in politics or in sports, you know. So now the question is always, well, who's the best player in the league now? LeBron James or Steph Curry? And look, listen, to me, it's still LeBron James. He's still the best player in the league, okay? They're just, he just had a different point in his career now. The question you should be asking isn't so much who's the best player. It's right now who's the most impactful player in the league. And to me, it's Steph Curry, and it's not even close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, except Seth Curry is the best player in the league. Maybe so. LeBron is, has been, has been dethroned. To say impactful versus best, that is the point. I, I, when I say that, I think, well, I, look, I don't want LeBron fans to go pissy at me because I'm not knocking LeBron here. It's more so LeBron is at a point now where he's on a different level now. He's on a different priority when it comes to the game of basketball. He's he has like five years on Steph Curry, so number one that that's obvious. Um his job right now yeah, is solely to, to stay healthy to right now. Just like most impactful which you wanted to go with instead of calling the best player is Seth Curry. Yeah. As a whole career that has been been played so far, yeah, LeBron's better, but he's not the best player now. He doesn't. He doesn't have the impact on the game the way Seth Curry does. That Clippers game First last week, team. Zach, and I, th- I think you saw that game too. That Clippers game last week, last Thursday, when they were down ten, and it was like six minutes and ten seconds ago in the fourth quarter. Like I always knew to come back. I was like, yeah, they're gonna come back. And to me, and, and I'm watching the comeback. Steph hits a three pointer. Yeah, and then and for me, LeBron, LeBron packs it up and says, "You know what? I'll call it a day." Right, and I just move on to the next game. Right, because I, I, just, I, need, I need to stay healthy. Player, you're no longer the best player. Right, um, player shows up to win every game, and that's what occurs. And here's the, here's the thing: the impact we're talking about here, the impact and whatnot. When Steph gets going, even when the Warriors are down like double digits, like late in the game, it's like when he when he gets a shot going, it immediately galvanizes the entire team. All of a sudden. Everything changes. Everything, the world, like the the, the planets on, on, on its axis, and, and all of a sudden he gets going, and then all of a sudden Iguodala gets a three pointer, and then all of a sudden Barbosa's getting a three pointer. It's like one of those things where the impact 
it's actually it's 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 transferable to not just Steph, but also to other players too. That's what I mean by impact. And that's how the game went against the Clippers last week, where once Steph got going, everybody else got got theirs too. So yeah, I see. I don't see. If you're trying to change the world to make an impact, that's because you just don't want to come out and say he's the best player. I'll tell you who's not the best player anymore, though, Kobe Bryant. Dude, can you remember when he was the best player? He was what ranked ninetieth this year? Come to the year. Yes, and every basketball aficionado was so pissed about it. Yeah, um, the experts were actually right, and they actually no, they were wrong because he was even worse. Yeah, ninetieth was a little high, actually, <laughs> and, and not even a little high. Um, this has got to be it, man. Right? There's no, I mean, there's no way Kobe's taking a lesser role. Okay, and. At this point, he's not going to change his game now. This late in the year, this late in the game, when he hasn't even tried to, to change his game at any point. If, if you if you were going to try to become a facilitator, that should have been that should have started three four years ago. And see, that's the thing. He would he would have to change his game until he is a pure jump shooting three point three point specialist, and he's not. He's never had that kind of shooting shooting skill. He is a drive to the basket, get a foul, hit clutch shots. But as an actual shooter, he had a step-back jumper for a few years, but he spent too much time trying to get that, and it's and he lost it years ago now. It's sad to see this well, happen. He, no, I mean, you knew it was coming. If you if you weren't willing to see it coming, it was because you did. He was one of your favorite players, and you just didn't want to see it coming. But no, th- yes, but we always knew. I think you and I discussed this years ago too on, on podcast as 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 early as five years ago that we knew that when the end came for Kobe Bryant, the end was, was, was going to be bad because we never saw Kobe Bryant changing his game to. Gracefully, like the way Tim Duncan did for, at his position, change his game a little bit. Yeah. You know, take less minutes. Kobe Bryant approached the game even even last year, and even now, as though he's twenty five years old. He's playing thirty plus minutes a game. He still expects to score at least twenty plus a game, and that's not who he is anymore. And even when he is that guy, like once in every like ten nights, it's not at the the benefit of the Lakers at this point. The one thing I thought could have changed his game around was becoming more of a facilitator. But the fact that the rest of the league knows he ha- his offensive game is gone, they're no longer scared of him. So the, his, his ability to throw, to throw those assists, they don't exist the way they did even two years ago. Right. It's a sad day. I mean... Do you, do you do you even see a scenario where he goes somewhere else, um, and try one more year at in another, like say New York or I I don't know I I don't I don't maybe Europe. Yeah, and that talk that you know he's playing so bad because of what's around him. No, because he's he's missing the wide open jump shots. They're coming up short. 
you can't drive by anybody in the league anymore. And he double clutches on his threes. So there's nothing that says, oh, if I had better talent around, he would still be of decent use. Yeah. And there's just no semblance of that. His decision comes on whether or not he will eventually retire during the season or let him hold out and try and get every dime from the Lakers. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's sad to say, but like we all saw this coming. We all saw this coming. And, and, it's, it's, it, and, the, and the sad part is, too, also, we got a lot of basketball he played. So unless he decides to retire him over the year, which I doubt he does because he wants that money, um. Yeah, I doubt. Yeah, it it, it could get worse. You know, I I, 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 I I don't think it'll def- I don't think that would define his career. Obviously, it's just cause, but the thing is though, this is worse than Jordan Washington. Jordan Washington was still actually p- not that bad. Oh, absolutely, and that, that's what he's he's thinking he can do. But the injuries he suffered. MJ never went through. No. And MJ had that two-year period of time away from basketball that saved his legs. Mm-hmm. So the, the amount of time might be the same as far as the minutes played and the amount of playoff games. But Kobe Bryant did it nonstop, year in, year out. So when, it, when Father Time first hit, it hit with a vengeance. And there was never going to be an, a, a getting away from Father Time. Right. But I will say this. He is the luckiest person I've seen since maybe Derek Jeter when it comes to retiring and not living, not having that stellar season. Because if you look at what Peyton Manning's going through with the constant analysis and comments by the, on TV... Kobe Bryant's skating through. This well, season. he's skating now because right now the NFL is the number one ticket right now in, in in the sports world. But if this continues into February, March, and the NFL has is already completed their season, believe me, it will be more dissected, you know, into the latter year, the latter part of the season. Believe me. The reason why Kobe's getting away with it now is because of the fact that you have Golden State is sixty and zero and then doing their thing. The NFL is a bigger story, so obviously the NFL will always overtake the NBA right now in November. But believe me, if this is continuing in in, in February, March into April, believe me, it will be a, a larger story. Why? Well, because he he might by February February or March, he could just be sitting on the bench, getting fifteen to twenty minutes, or don't or missing. Four, four games, five games in a row, and coming back to play one or two, and then missing missing again four or five because of injury, and never taking any kind of kind of the heat that Peyton Manning's taken. To, okay, to me, and I was going to ask this question anyway. To me, so far, they are the most disappointing team in the league right now. Because the Lakers are, and I will tell you why. It's not that they're they're, they're bad; they're, they're worse than we thought. Like I thought they would at least compete for an eight spot in the in the, in the uh, Western Conference. I thought they had enough good players in that roster to at least figure something out. Kobe could be a little bit Kobe, you know, maybe be eighteen points a game. Kobe and facilitate you. You have a couple guys in that roster that's done something in their career that can at least maybe for one year figure it out. Maybe win thirty eight to forty two games. You know, this team, I, Zach. I'll be honest with you. I think the Lakers are the worst team in, in basketball, and that includes the Philadelphia 76ers. At least Philly, even at 0-15, is more competitive than the Lakers are. 
Uh, and that's sad to say. Zach, that's sad to say that. That is sad to say. I do still want to watch the Lakers. Even if Kobe's not playing, I still want to watch the Lakers just to see how D'Angelo Russell and Randall are playing. I I do want to see those two guys and see what happens. So when I think of the 76ers, I don't think of watching them because I think they're trying to lose. I think they're not even trying to put a product out on the floor to win a game. Which is sad, number one. Um, the Lakers, I think they try and win a game. Yeah, but I've actually watched a couple of their games um, um, this year, and they have pieces. They have some pieces there, and they are competitive. They are, they're not like one of those teams where, you know, they lose every game by 20-something points. They, 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 they could beat Miami on Saturday. They could beat Minnesota come nights ago in Minnesota. There's a couple of games they could have won this year against Houston, against a couple of other teams in the West that they were in, you know, Philadelphia, for me, at least shows some life. L.A., not so much. And that's what and that's what L.A. winning two games already this year. I think L.A. is the worst team in basketball. I'm sorry. What about Brooklyn? Huh? What about Brooklyn? They're pretty bad, too. Yeah. So they're my disappointing team of the year so far. What's yours? The worst team, worst team on, what is on this? basketball is No, 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 disappointing team. Most disappointing team for you. Most disappointing team is Houston. Oh. Uh, Harden has turned into Kobe Bryant. Harden is shooting like 31% from the floor, or 38% from the floor, and only like 31% from the three. I think it's worse now. Just stop shooting, yeah. Don't stop shooting. You're, you're taking 25 shots a game. You were worse than Carmelo being a black hole, and you're supposed to be a facilitator. No one gets touches on, on Houston because of James Harden. I always thought that team was still going to be a playoff team, and the way Harden's playing, the uh, me first and let me try and win an MVP because I think I got locked. That's killing that team. Well, I knew they. I knew they regressed. I. I even said they would regress this year. I thought they went maybe fifty-one, fifty games, maybe forty-nine. I, you know, I thought last year was. A, I thought they really overachieved last year. I thought they, the stars aligned. And by the way, I know they fired Kevin McHale last year. I, I. I don't think he deserved to be fired this early. Look, if this year turned out to be a flop, then fine. Yeah, get rid of the guy. But but eleven games in, and you're firing the guy. And by the way, they oh, still, I, they, they still suck. Fifty-one. If you're projecting them to win fifty-one games, that's basically just saying four games gone from last year that went their way going the other way. That's still a, a pretty tremendous team. I mean, this is just outright atrocious. What's going on? And all all I've watched these games. All it looks like. Is James Harden being a me first player? Yeah. Um, I want my MVP, and he's killing that team. Well, you know what? Look, look. I, 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 James Harden is a top ten player in the league. He's he's the best two guard in the league by default, in my opinion. Okay, I, I don't think I think after watching what what's happened this year, I don't think you can go on the top ten player. Well, through I guess through. Eight, 13 games. If you're going by how this season has gone, he is not a top 10 player. He's not even a top 20 player in the league. Dude, they're, they're terrible. They, they are. They, I mean, I, I think they'll figure it out because I think they'll, they'll get Dwight back and, you know, Dwight will be able to play back to backs now and, and all that. And I think, um, 
you know, they'll, 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 let's be honest here. What, what, what can Dwight offer you if he's only going to get the ball five times a game? That's true. You know? That's good. That's a good point. Um, can we say something? If your best player is allowed the ball, there's a problem. Can we make a statement here about something that people aren't realizing right now? That while the Western Conference is very top heavy with the you know Spurs, Warriors, OKC when healthy, Clippers when they figure it out. Right now, the East, top to bottom, is a better conference than the West is. Oh, I don't think so. Look at the records. Look yeah, and by like two or three games, and it's early in the season. If you look at what Utah is doing right now, to be B five hundred. Phoenix, their record, these are still better teams than teams that will make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Well, it, may, it, it, it might still play out that way. I, I agree it will. But remember I told you before you started, I think the East will make a slight comeback and actually improve this year, and the West will take a little bit of a backseat only because of the fact, not back, that, that, that's the wrong word to use actually, is backseat, but more so take a step back because one of the well, things. That, go ahead. That comes from Aldridge leaving Portland. Right there, you made one good team yeah. terrible and put a star player on an already loaded team. Right. So well, a, a, lot of, a lot of the West is well. A lot of the West Conference too has been concentrated on top now. That's why I look. I look at the Clippers as as just an overrated team. With a bunch of aging, that team's a mess. That team's an absolute mess, and 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 they they have that biggest soap opera of the year. Them and and Houston definitely. And my, I'm not a Harden fan, but I say the least. I've been seeing it for years. Um, I think I think he the guy's overrated. I think he's you know, you know, granted he was great last year. I thought he definitely deserved to be in the conversation with MVP. Maybe even won it. But I think we're seeing the difference between Steph and and and, and Harden right now this year. Oh yeah, you know. So my biggest surprise though is Dallas. Not that comic justice. I don't know how it works out, man. They, yeah. they, the guy that they wanted, the guy that they wanted at, at a max contract three years ago, they get the guy back for far less money and an great value in Darren Williams, and he's actually playing decent in Dallas this year. He's actually decent. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, well, he, he feels like he has a shot at competing. And it's amazing what that what that will do for a guy who still has something left in the tank. It's it's crazy. Um, they're my surprise. Um, Miami a little bit too. Also for me, only because of the fact that I I thought they would start slow because but the schedule kind of helps. But I feel like with the Heat, like their their depth has actually been their strength more than anything else than their starting lineup. You know, outside Hassan Whiteside, you know, and Maybe a night here from Bosch and Wade. I thought their bench, like Jessel Winslow, is, is, is truly an incredible player. I think he's, he's only going to get better as he gets older. Um, their their bench is actually much better than I even thought. And I was big on the bench anyway before you started. Are you a point guard situation? Pardon me? Are you, are you happy with the point guard situation? I right think here? the issue with the, the Heat and Dragic right now is more so, okay, well, first off, Dragic had an issue with his, his family was, out, was out overseas. They had a baby who had a they had a rough pregnancy and stuff, but they're back, they're back home now here in Miami. Um, and I think a lot of it too also is, is the fact that the philosophy like Dragic wants to run, and this team's a half court team, so that's so Spoelstra has to figure out a way to get this team 
space and all this stuff. There's a lot of work to be done on, on the team still right now, but to be nine and four right now through this through uh, thirteen games is actually it's still pretty good. Yeah, I'd go, uh, my surprise is the Panthers with how good Paul George is. And not only that, remember they started slow too. They started slow. And you heat, I'm kind of disappointed then because I looked at their talent and thought they'd be better. Who the Heat? Yeah. Well, you gotta remember. Well, too, thought- well, you gotta remember also, too, Zach. This team, this team didn't play a single minute together for uh, you know this starting lineup didn't play a single minute together last year or in preseason as well. So it, you know, you know, right now they're the two seed in the, in the in the East. Um, I think they're you know, and, and and they have, and the thing is too, you're nine and four with an offense that's still still shaky, and you can still improve and get better. That's 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 a good spot to be in right now. Yeah. You know. Um, before I let you go, I do want to talk to you about Les Miles. This, this whole Les Miles thing going on at LSU. Um, we hear now that most likely a decision being made on him uh, in his future with the, with the Tigers um, uh, after Saturday. Now, why are we talk about Les Miles? Because he's my favorite college coach, and I've been sitting there for years. He eats grass the whole nine. Um, and most likely he's going to be out on a job. But this, this is what I don't understand. I, I, it's one word, Zach. Why? Why do they want to get rid of Les Miles? A guy who's, whose record at LSU is, is, in 10 years there has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I don't get I don't it. Get, I don't, listen, I don't get it. I don't know why it's discussed that him and Mark Rick need to lose their jobs. And yet Kevin Sumlin is still being praised. That guy struggles against any top-tier team in the SEC, whereas Wes Miles, when he loses to Alabama, he gives up the season. Before that, he can coach those guys. But once he suffers a loss, he does, he, he does let LSU go down the tubes. The guy is 110-32 in 10 years as a head coach, okay? He's won a national championship, been to another one, always in contention. In the toughest conference in, 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 in college football um, for years. I, I don't understand. Look, I look. I get that he's had some shaky seasons in the SEC the last couple of years. He went 4-4 four and four last year and whatnot. He's 4-3 this year in the SEC. You know, I get LSU's not, you know, number two. Dude, this team was number two in the, in the playoff rankings like three weeks ago. Yeah, but that was before they had played half, half their schedule. Right. So when you to go play a schedule and there's a couple of tougher teams on that schedule, you know, it does make a difference. So if LSU fires this, look, look, Zach, if LSU fires Les Miles, this is this is what they're firing, okay? 11 and 2, 11-2, 12-2, 8-5, 9-4, 11-2, 13-1, 10-3, 10-3, 8-5, 7-3. That's what they want to fire. All I heard was one national title. Okay. So are, are, are they are they are they firing him because he can't beat Nick Saban? Is that what it is? Oh yes. And they think they're going to be able to bring in Jimbo Fisher, and Jimbo Fisher will resurrect their offense, and they'll be able to beat Alabama. But 
That's not the case. Jimbo Fisher at Florida State isn't going to beat Nick Saban in Alabama. If he goes over to LSU, he's going to be be Jimbo Fisher with an average offensive offense to go against Nick Saban's defense. He won't beat him. If this- Your only way to beat Nick Saban is a defense. And Les Miles has that shot. He just needs to be, be wrong to give up control of the offense. Zach, if this goes down, if this firing goes down, this guy will be will have phone calls minutes after the firing. Yeah, but I get the USC job. Maybe the USC, or maybe maybe Miami. No, they won't pay him. Why would you want Miami if you can have the I, I agree. They won't pay him, number one, enough. And number two, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why Miami? I agree. Um, I don't get it. You know, all I got to say to LSU is, Careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. I mean, I, yeah, he can't beat Nick Saban. Well, so can't anybody else, really. Not many other coaches yeah. can. The only person they would want on the list list is Jimbo Fisher. That's that, and I would think you'd have to know whether or not you can get him before you fire Les Miles. Let me ask you a question. It, if, if you're Jim Fisher, what's the better job, Florida State or LSU? Florida State. It's okay. an easier way to the playoffs. Yeah, so why would you leave that to go to LSU? That, that makes no sense. So, uh, so that you can say you won the national title while playing, while coaching a team from the SEC. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, it doesn't sound a lot better to say... You were an SEC coach that won national title versus an ACC team that won a national title? I guess, but I'm also looking at it. I look at it more, uh, you know, I have a national title already. Um, Florida State is a huge program, and it's one of the top five or six programs in the country. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess you're right to a point, but I don't know. And it, <laughs> no, that would, that would be my reason for why I would think he would leave. And there is a stigma still attached to how great the SEC is. So to be able to run it all and go to an SEC conference would make you look like you're the greatest of your generation at coaching. And they all want to be the greatest. Let's, let's not forget they're all playing for their own ego. That's true. Um, did we miss anything else today before we let you go? Anything else? Uh, I think we're good, right? Yeah, man, I'm good. Yeah. Good show day, man. That's actually finally after like three weeks. <laughs> I'm out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.